Good morning, everyone. I want to share an, um, a little bit of information with you before we send the kids off. Um, we always love to honor good, godly marriages, um, people who have stood the test of time and shared this. A few months ago, we got to celebrate for um, Walt and Isla's. They celebrate 50 years, right? Okay. Um, which was awesome. This Thursday, September 1st, we have another anniversary. Les and Lanier will be celebrating 59 years of marriage. That is a test. Kids, I really want you to hear that. That is a testament of people who love God and then love each other. And we need to always celebrate and honor that. Okay, kids, four years old through fourth grade, you are dismissed to walk up here. And while they're doing that, just remember, after the service, if you look over here on the, the counter, there is plenty of things to share the harvest type things. There are monster jalapenos, and I just want to tell you, they are not hot. I will not eat a jalapeno because they're too hot. But these have no heat. I ate two of them. <coughs> so it's okay. They're not hot. I know, and then I just choked, yeah. <coughs> no, this, okay. Today we start a whole new sermon series. We've been looking at the life of David. Since God called David a man after God's own heart, we want to know what David did, how David lived. Why was it that God called him that? And, and then what can we do as well? So that term, that title can apply to us. If you were to take your Bible, your physical Bible, and just pop it open, allow it to open on its own, generally, what book of the Bible will it open up to? Psalms, that's right. It's, it's the largest book. It is a very interesting book. For the next several weeks, um, we will look at various psalms. We'll not look at every psalm, and you should be thankful of that, because that would be a lot of Sundays, Okay. We're not even going to look at every verse of every psalm, um, basically because there are just way too many in our time together. So as we do this, before we look at it, we must answer what is a psalm. A psalm is simply a poem that is or can be set to music. So how many of you like poetry? All right, so there's, there's a few of us who, who like poetry. Poetry is all around us. Generally, though, we think of poetry that is something that rhymes and is about love. It rhymes like Mary had a little lamb, its fleece was white as snow, and everywhere the child went, the lamb was sure to go. You know that because it, it rhymes. Or, twinkle, twinkle, how I wonder. How do you remember that? Because it rhymes, right. Um, how about this one? I never knew about happiness. I didn't think dreams came true. I couldn't really believe in love until I finally met you. Oh, she wasn't even listening when I said that. We, she's so used to my corny stuff like that. She's like, no, that's not. Generally, in our, in our culture, we have reduced poetry to be considered only for children or valentines. Okay, that's, that's what we usually think of poetry. The way we see poetry is not how they saw it in biblical times. Hebrew poetry is not written in a rhyming verse or words like we would think. 
It is written in rhyming thoughts or parallel thoughts. You know, the last words of our lines would rhyme together, but in Hebrew, it had a rhyming thought. It would mean that the thought before it is identical or similar to that same thought here. Um, Psalm 49, 1 through 3. Hear this, all you people. Listen, all who live in this world. See how those thoughts parallel or rhyme each other. Both high and low, rich and poor alike. Again, there's that rhyming thought. My mouth will speak words of wisdom. The meditation of my heart will give you understanding. Wisdom and understanding. The thoughts parallel each other. That is what ancient poetry was like. The book of Psalms in the Bible is a collection of some, but not all, of the Psalms in the Bible. There are other Psalms in other books of of the Bible. Some of them practically match in verbatim to those that are in the book of Psalms. You can read in 2 Samuel 22. There's a psalm there, and it's almost word for word of one you'll find in the book of Psalms. Um, Psalm 18. In Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55, is a psalm. It's called Mary's Song or Mary's Magnificence. It's in, in her response to God choosing her to carry the Messiah, and she replies in a psalm. So why should we study the Psalms? I mean, for most people, my dad could not stand poetry. It's a waste of time. Just tell me what you thought and let's move on. Okay? We should study the Psalms for a few reasons. Here's the first one. It's not on the screen because I, I want you to hear me on this. The Psalms are relevant to Christians today. The book of Psalms is very relevant. Even though they're written thousands of years ago, the truth that is in them is vital and relevant to how you and I live. Did you know the Psalms are a source of many of the songs we sing in our worship time? That's another reason. So you understand the meaning of what we are singing. Um, Another reason to study the Psalms. The people who wrote these Psalms had the same needs. The challenges, disappointments, hardships that we all face today. There are people who struggle with clinical depression. That's me. Do you know David struggled with depression? And you can read that in the Psalms. How many of you ever felt overwhelmed by the amount of obstacles in your path? That's written about in the Psalms. In the New Testament... Psalms is the most quoted book. You think Psalms is important if the New Testament quotes it more often than any other? It shows up around 91 times. Jesus quotes it 11 times, more than he quotes any other Old Testament book. So Jesus obviously thought it was important enough to study. And in the Psalms, there is a lot to do with Christ, the coming Messiah. In the Psalms, we read great descriptions of God. God is our our rock a fortress, a redeemer. We read about the holiness of God. How many of you... Oh, I just jumped ahead. Uh, how many of you had to deal with guilt, grief, sorrow, tragedy, anxiety, fear, worry, abandonment, loneliness? Those are all in the Psalms, which shows that the Psalms are incredibly relevant. It is not just a songbook. It is a book that is relevant and vital to our life. There are some 
Some of the Psalms are the most sentimental, emotional, and passionate books in the Bible, followed closely by Lamentations. And in an altogether different kind of emotion, there's the Song of Solomon. Those are the top three emotive books. About half of the Psalms are also prayers of faith in times of trouble, while many others sustain the author in times of deepest needs. Hear this part. Psalms are dominated by feelings, not doctrine, but that doesn't mean there's not doctrine in them. But it is showing the feelings of the writer, and then they go to the truth of God, the doctrine. And in many times, he will set aside his feelings to hold on to truth, which is desperately needed in today's culture. Some of the most beautiful thoughts and phrases about faith in God are expressed in the Psalms. The Psalms speak powerfully to the Bible reader because those innermost thoughts of God fearing, of God fearing people in prayer, confession, uh, praises or grief are reflective of our own and expressed more eloquently in the book of Psalms than anywhere else in Scripture. Those are why we should study Psalms. When was Psalm written? Uh, the traditional view is that most of the Psalms were written in the time of David, which is about 1,000 B.C. David did not write all of the Psalms, Okay. But his work is dominant. Psalms 90, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. So that was written by Moses, okay? Uh, Moses lived about 1,400 years before Christ, so we're looking at 400 years before David. Uh, Most of the Psalms, however, have been written at the time of David by him or other people. Uh, David is the one who, there are some people who don't like the songs we sing or like to sing songs. Well, you can blame David. He introduced singing in the temple, um, but he's the first one to do that. Psalm 137 clearly refers to the Babylon captivity, which began about 600 years after David, so we can see there's ones not written by him. Many theologians believe Ezra, the priest, and scribe completed the final collection of gathering all the psalms about the time the captivity ended, and if that's observation of right, The collection of the 150 Psalms was written over a thousand-year period. So the book of Psalms, written over about a thousand years, is filled with how people feel and then choose to trust in the truth of God. How much more relevant could it be to us? The titles in the Hebrew Bible show that David is the author of at least 73 Psalms. Okay, so there's 73 that say a psalm of David. But there are two psalms which are quoted in the New Testament that proclaim David as the author. Acts 4.25. You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? Well, if you read Psalm 2, verse 1, Why are the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? Notice, in Acts, they say, Psalms 2 was written by David. Hebrews 4, 7. So God set another time for entertaining his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David, much later in the words already quoted. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Psalm 95 says that. If you look at the highlighted part, listen to his voice today, don't harden your hearts. Which means there's two more psalms that are attributed to David, total of 75. 
There's Asaph, who wrote 12. Sons of Korah wrote 11. Solomon wrote 2. Moses wrote 1. Ethan, 1. Haggai, Zechariah are authors of 5. And that accounts for 107 of the 150 Psalms, including 75's minimum of 75. Many scholars believe David wrote more of the anonymous ones. So in our study of looking at David, I think Psalms are incredibly relevant to see in the heart of David. David's psalms are relevant to us like this. Acts 13.22, And when God had removed Saul, he raised up David to be their king, of whom God testified. God said this, I have found in David the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. God called him this. We've been saying this all through this time, but here's the scripture where God calls it. And because of this, this is why we came to the theme of pursue. This is why we came to see and study David. Because I want to be known as a man after God's own heart. Not by you, but by God. I want to know all I can about God's heart so that I can have my heart mimic and reflect and parallel His. I want you all. To become men and women after God's own heart. I want all of us to pursue this title, this endearment from God. So that's another reason why we need to study Psalms. Uh, The Psalms include important prophecies of Christ, the Messianic Psalms. Uh, Psalm 2-7, the king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. You can read that. The answer of that in Acts 13.33, the heavens open up after Jesus is baptized and the voice says, you are my son, today I have become your father. We see the prophecy of it and then the fulfillment. In Psalm verse uh, chapter 86, you have put everything under his feet, the psalmist says. In Hebrews 2.8, you have put everything in subjection under his, meaning Christ's feet. Prophecy fulfilled. Psalm 41, 9, even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food has turned against me. John 13, 18, the one who eats my food has turned against me. Talking about Judas. There are many more references that could be added. When we read the Psalms and we allow the Holy Spirit to open our eyes, open our minds, we're going to see how Jesus is described in the Old Testament in the book of Psalms. Now, I've taught you guys a phrase. Some of you don't like it or you're tired of it, but, you know, I don't really care. If it's repeated, it's important. Okay? And that's a scriptural thing. If it's repeated, it's important. The the um, title Yahweh, and in Hebrew it's just Y-H-W-H, is repeated 687 times in the book of Psalms. Out of 6,521 in the entire Old Testament. Elohim, which is another Hebrew word for God, is 365 out of 2,600 in the entire Old Testament. And the, the name El, which is another title for God in Hebrew, is 77 out of 242. Psalm makes a total references of 1,129 references of God in just these three names more than any other book in the entire Bible. Over half the references in the Old Testament about God come from Psalms. 
apart from that extreme frequent reference to God, the most recurrent themes, I did a little word study and found some things. Some of the searches is steadfast love. You've heard of steadfast love. It's 123 times. But look what else is repeated here. Enemy, which is 109 times. Wicked, 97. Evil, 75. Um, Iniquity, iniquity, sin, sin, transgressions, that's 74. Afflicted, or affliction, appears 35. Cry, cried, or crying, appears 49. Deliver, or one of its forms is 78. Deliver me, or my soul, is 24 of those 78. By looking at these repeated themes, those all look very unhappy. Those are very trying and troubling times. You can say David could have been depressed by looking at those things. David and the other psalmists would counter that with that top one, steadfast love. Or the power of God, the hope of God. The writers of Psalms had some great faith of God even in the midst of their struggles. We've been going through some struggles and then 2020 just poured out a whole new set of troubles and changed how we see things. And then the whole political realm has been just shifting and changing. And there's more troubles being poured out on us. Where should we go? What should we do? I like to trust people who have also struggled and stand the test through their faith. You want to know how to make a long-lasting marriage? I suggest go talk to Les and Lanier. It's more years than I've got. I've got almost 27. 59. That's beautiful. Let's ask them how they do it. Let's ask the people who have made it 50 years. Let's go to them and say, how did you stand to be with each other that long? What did you do? The people who wrote the Psalms. How did you stand in the midst of those struggles? How did you overcome these barriers? David struggled. He struggled because of his enemies. He struggled with the conflict with Saul. He struggled because of his deep friendship with Jonathan. He struggled because of his own family problems. How many of us have had to deal with any of those? Most of all, David struggled with his own sin. He hated his sin. We have the same struggles. Struggles because of people in authority over us. Struggles in our relationships, in our family. Struggles in conflict. Struggles in our own sins. Which means these psalms are for us. They're examples of how to pray in the midst of the troubles. How to give praises. In the, we've all been heard and taught that in the midst of your trouble, you should praise God. Praise Him in the midst of the storm. Well, how do you do that? Psalms will show us. It helps us change our focus on the, from the problems here back to the promises of God. And when David is writing, singing about the problems of his life, the, the deep, deep, dark depression feeling welling up within him, Here is the main thing that I I learned. I had a counselor tell me this, and then I had to start looking into it. When David is struggling with that depression, those dark thoughts that are invading and starting to take control, David takes those thoughts. He announces them. He proclaims, this is how I feel. He doesn't hide them. He doesn't try to be ashamed or guilt of them. He says them, and he lays them down at the foot of the promised Messiah that was coming. 
And then he grabs on through prayer to trust and thanksgiving and praise in light of all the troubles. And I can tell you that's been a great help in my life. I've had several people say, I just don't know what to do during these things. I I don't know how to give praise. I, I don't know how to get out of this funk. I don't know how to get out of this pit. Read the Psalms. First of all, you're going to find out you're not the only one who's dealt with this. And isn't that a comfort to know? Somebody else has gone through this. Somebody knows how you feel. And not only do they know how you feel, but they can point you to the right way. Those negative words under steadfast love, those negative words are repeated so many times. And they're repeated in our lives so many times. I, and we hear all these things, the evil of this, the problems of this, the, the corruption of this, and the hatred of this. It's repeated. It means it's important. But more than that, listen to these. Salvation. Save or saved. Righteousness. The Lord. Blessed is or blessed are. Blessed be glory. Times of uh, refuge. Faithfulness. Joy. Rejoicing. Rejoiced. Trust. Your, meaning God's face. Justice. Teach me. Redeem. Redeem me or redemption. Heritage. What else can we see here? I mean, this list, doesn't that just kind of grab you? And, and really, I, I just look at this list right now. Which one is it's kind of grabbing you? Which one is speaking out to you? And maybe that's God trying to say, hey, I need to show you something. I need to teach you more about this. What we see here in this, in the midst of struggles, David turns to God. When he turned to God, God constantly delivered him. That is the message of all this, the summary of this. That is why we should read the Psalms. David had a consuming love for God that seemed to be above everything else that he valued in life. The Psalms are an old book. It's a very old book. But if it's true, it never goes out of fashion. It never becomes unrelevant just because it was written thousands of years ago. The truth always is relevant. That list, there were some of you that I saw you kind of reading through them, and then you went back and you quit listening and you looked at that one word again. God is speaking to you, and He's going to do it in the midst of the Psalms. And what greater way for us to get to know the heart of God, to get to know to become even more of a person after the heart of God, than to read the songs that exemplify, that magnify, that show God's holiness. Instead of us just saying educational facts, the Psalms teach us the intimacy of a relationship with God. Let's stand and let's go to God in prayer about this. God, we thank you so much that in the midst of this, in the midst of all these trying times, in the midst of all these struggles that we're in, 
that you, God, you have shown us how people who are called after you, people who have written simple phrases that expound upon the truth of who you are and how they can pull us out of our darkness, our struggles, our pits, and bring us out of those storms so that we can stand on the shores of your relief. God, I thank you for the songs, and I ask that you would open our eyes, open our minds, open our lives to the influences, the truth of the book of Psalms, so that instead of just reading this poetry and songs, that our life becomes a psalm of who you are. Thank you for that, God. And in your son's holy name we pray. Amen.